0: following is a production of CoasterCrazy.com. Live from our studios in Allentown, Pennsylvania, this is GeForce Radio.
1: Welcome to GeForce Radio, this is episode 1-02, meaning the second episode in the first revival season. Last week we did our first episode, it was well over three hours, hopefully we'll calm that down this week though to maybe in a little over an hour. Um, with me is DeMills, as always. How's everybody doing tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. So... Our main stories uh, today are going to be uh, King's Dominion. Um, we're going to talk about an incident that happened at Dominator. Um, I don't know if anybody's heard of that uh, recently, but some unfortunate yeah, that's news.
0: that's kind of uh, that's kind of snuck under the radar. Not too many people talking about it. The ride was really only closed for Sunday. It closed on Saturday and then uh, reopened on Monday. So, that kind of sneaking under everybody, but we're we're going to talk about that for a few minutes.
1: And then we also have the Six Flags Fiesta Texas. The Rattler is going down for refurbishment.
0: Right, and uh, I think everyone's uh, kind of know what's coming with that, but uh, everyone's excited to see what's going to happen with that.
1: We also have King's, uh, King's Island, is it not, right? Yes, King's Island removing Son of Beast, finally.
0: Yeah, after... Uh, much deliberation from the Kings Island uh, staff and Cedar Fair staff uh, finally, finally get getting a decision with Son of Beast, and I don't think too many people are surprised.
1: No, I, I think we all should have seen this coming. And right. and we also have Chiller from Six Flags Great Adventure popping up in Brazil.
0: Yeah, um something that has kind of it's been talked about before, a lot of people interested in maybe seeing the chiller make a comeback and it seems like we might actually be making some headway with the chiller popping back up.
1: And we also have Cedar Point, no more um no more Disaster Transport, but Space Spiral is still open for now.
0: Yep, for now Disaster Transport has officially closed forever. And uh we also uh, are going to talk a little bit about uh some developments with what Cedar Point is adding since last week's show and also stumbling upon some uh, trademarks that Cedar Fair is filing the f- really the first trademark hits that we've seen uh here with Cedar Fair regarding what might possibly
1: be names for new rides. And we also have an idea of when Six Flags is going to announce major additions for all of their properties. Uh, in 2012, for their new attractions for 2013. Uh, We're wondering when Cedar Fair is going to start doing that, because we've heard, there has been nothing.
0: Right, Cedar Fair hasn't really... They've acknowledged that, especially with Cedar Point, they've acknowledged that there's new attractions coming, but we haven't really heard anything about when we're going to hear about what the new attractions are, or exactly when they're going to announce what they are six flags we kind of have an idea it looks like maybe about the end of august we'll see stuff uh announcements coming up
1: so yeah this should be interesting and uh is there anything on the website that we need to look into
0: um i i think we pretty much got everything we had a few suggestions um the other thing that we're going to talk about that it was what we had planned to talk about, we're going to talk a little bit about rides, uh, roller coasters in particular, closing in the weather, and that is something that a lot of people might think they know a lot about, but unless you're actually a park employee like the two of us, you may not know all the work that goes behind, I guess, the decision-making process of when a ride needs to close and what the process is of closing a ride. There's a lot more with that than a lot of people in the general public would think. It's not as simple as opening and closing the ride whenever the weather decides to cooperate. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, too, in a little bit.
1: And another thing I just remembered, um, out in England, Rita, the Queen of Speed, has had another uh, one of Inman's issues that has seemed to happen recently with its cable snapping.
0: Yeah, and and this is not and that's not the first time that that's happened on a ride like that either a few years ago accelerator had an issue with that and that was actually caught on an on-ride camera if I remember correctly mm-hmm. with uh fluid being sprayed all over uh a child and his father on accelerator. So, not the first time we've seen stuff like that happen on those rides either.
1: Exactly, but also nothing you want to see because Unlike Accelerator Rita, you can walk right under the launch track. That's the Midway, and that's where the cable was hanging down from, if you look at the picture. Um, I believe it's on ScreamScape.
0: Yeah, so uh, not something that we like to hear about there. So, um, A a lot of topics here tonight, but not going to spend a ton of time on each topic just because there's not a ton to talk about with each one, but but we're going to get a lot in tonight.
1: Exactly, exactly, and I think we pretty much talked all we can about Rita, you know.
0: Right, I, I mean, that's 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 pretty simple, the cable snapped, uh, it's a, a, a health hazard, a safety issue for the guests, not only on the ride, but the guests not on the ride, because like you said, you can walk underneath the cable, so uh, a bunch of stories that are pretty simple like that, but we're going to... Get to all of them. Now, like I said during last week's show, I was at King's Dominion uh, this past Friday. I'm actually currently in North Carolina for my sister's softball tournament. So on the way down, I was able to stop at King's Dominion for a few hours. And uh, I know you were down uh, this direction earlier in the season, if I'm correct, right? You were down here earlier Uh, in the season? I believe
1: it was June 1st we were at King's Dominion, but it might have been... No, it was the 1st or 2nd.
0: Was that for Virginia's For Coaster Lovers? Yes. Okay, so you were down here for that event with uh, the coaster crew and those guys. and Now, that was your first time down at King's Dominion, correct?
1: And also my first time at an enthusiast event. So it was interesting. (laughs) Yeah, there
0: you go. Now, I I have been to King's Dominion before. I was uh, at King's Dominion in 2007. I was like my first real season that I traveled to different parks, I was down again the next year when Dominator opened in 2008. And then in 2010, shortly after Intimidator 305 opened up, I was down again. But I came down after they adjusted the shoulder harnesses to those flexible shoulder straps, but I was also down after they put those damn trims on the drop. So I was really excited to get back on that without those trim brakes on there, and I know that's one of your favorite coasters, isn't it?
1: You know, Talon, for the sentimental reason of having worked and knowing a lot about that ride, has held that top spot for me for years Uh until the day I rode I-305.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I have to say, even with the trims, I really liked I-305 two years ago. It was... In my top 10 steel, it was barely in my top 10 steel list, Um, but let me tell you, I had it as soon as I rode it, we rode it twice. It was the only one we re-rode because we actually, over the course of about three and a half hours, for some odd reason on a Friday, the park was exceptionally empty, and with the exception of Grizzly, we were able to get on every single coaster in that park in about three and a half hours, and we rode I-305 twice, and... We would have gotten on Grizzly had the storms not closed in. So we essentially rode every coaster in that park in less than four hours. But I-305 is a, an incredible ride. It's, it's, it's very similar to Skyrush, as a lot of people thought. It's, it maintains its speed incredibly through the entire ride. And it's, it's got some great airtime. Not quite as much as Skyrush. It's not quite as airtime-focused but it's got some ex- extremely violent yet smooth directional changes. So it instantly jumped up to number three on my steel list, and it's right there with Skyrush. I was debating for a long time which one of those two is better. They're very similar and yet completely different at the same time.
1: Yeah. My number two is uh, is right next to I-305, actually, and that would be the Volcano at King's Dominion.
0: Oh yeah, but and you know, volcano is still running great. I I love the double launch popping up out of the top of the volcano there, and you still get some great hang time in the barrel rolls. Not enough to be really slow like Hydra's JoJo roll, but slow enough that you get some good hang time. Volcano is still running great, and it's still I, I still think on a busy day that's still the longest line in the park. Still their signature ride.
1: Absolutely. My favorite part about that thing is diving back in the volcano for the finale. Just a wonderful last closing to any roller coaster I've ever been on.
0: Oh, yeah. Nice high-speed finish there to finish it up.
1: Absolutely. Uh, when we were at King's Dominion, it was a Saturday, and it was June, so it was crowded. We went and bought lane, so it was three three of me and two of my friends plus my aunt and my aunt's boyfriend. So we got it down to $30. I'll tell you that $30 for Fastlane, what a deal. Absolute oh, yeah, abso- deal.
0: absolutely. Absolutely worth it, especially on a Saturday when you know there's going to be long lines at a at a place like King's Dominion that usually has some longer lines to begin with and I've never this was the first time I've ever been to King's Dominion where a volcano was not at least half an hour away that's that always has a line it's not a great capacity ride and it's obviously still the tra- the the staple attraction at that park despite i-305 you know being one of the best coasters in the world in many people's opinions volcano is still the ride at that park
1: well volcano is also the worst capacity ride in that park. Exactly. So Now Volcano, when I was there with Fastlane, you went right up, um, almost right up the exit pathway into the station there uh, where the special access guests get on. Um, now, okay. as far as I know, and back then they restricted you to two or three rides depending on the day. Saturdays I think it was three, every other time it was two.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, now I think it's unrestricted, but instead of going up that special access, you go up the steps and you wait where that second set of switchbacks is, which makes it, you know, 20, maybe 30 minute wait to get on the ride. But when you talk about a ride that in the first hour or two of the park being open on a normal day that people go right to it is going to have a two hour line, that's not terrible.
0: Yeah, that that's that's not too bad at all. It's Definitely worth the money for, definitely definitely worth that kind of money if you're able to get it down to thirty dollars person. That's 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 worth spending the money to be able to skip most of the line on those rides.
1: Absolutely, and the amount of rides they have it on is just crazy. I've never seen a park that, uh, wow, well, okay, outside of Six Flags and Dorney that have a beat the line system. That you get on, like, our version of the road rally has fast lane at Kings Dominion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, and Kings Dominion doesn't have fast lane for all of their coasters, but it's signature ones, you know, Volcano, I three hundred five. It's it's it has it for those uh, Dominator. Dominator, it, you know, it, it, for the signature coasters at that park, it has the fast lane and their signature rides. The art coasters, uh, I believe Whitewater Canyon has it as well. Their Rapids ride has it. Yeah, so, so does the uh, Log Flume. Right, so um King's Dominion does a good job of picking and choosing which rides are their fast lane rides. They, they have a good set of fast lane rides there.
1: Yes, they do. I also can say that my favorite roller coaster is at King's Dominion. My top two, actually. My least favorite coaster is also at King's Dominion. Anyone want to take a guess at what that one was? Oh, well,
0: there's – I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. There, there's probably a couple there at King's Dominion that uh, a lot of people have towards towards the bottom of the list. I have a feeling I might know which one you're going to say. Um, I, I could be wrong here, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe it's Shockwave.
1: No, it wouldn't be the Shockwave. Of course it's Shockwave.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, you know, sh- Shockwave uh, – <laughs> Uh, what can you say about that ride? Now the new paint job looks great, I'll give it that, but it's a shame that a new paint job can't make a ride magically get smoother.
1: <laughs> well Um That ride just needs to go away. Yeah, I
0: mean and and the sad thing is if you compare now, I was up at Canada's Wonderland last year at the end of the season the Skyrider which is another Togo stand up up at Canada's Wonderland is a little different that one's pretty much identical to the old King Cobra ride that isn't at Kings Island anymore it's got it has the trick track instead of the you know few little airtime hills there at the end it's got the trick track instead um i thought the Skyrider was actually worse than Shockwave i compared Comparing the two, I think the Shockwave is probably a little bit better. That one turn at the end is absolutely brutal on Shockwave. Mm-hmm. But the, the the loop, at least, isn't terrible. The rest of the ride is uh, is pretty much no good. Okay.
1: And Flight of Fear was another one that was down there. I was really anticipating something Primer Spaghetti Bowl. I really thought it was going to be cool, but really it was just not. The ride it could have been.
0: Yeah, F- Flight of Fear. Uh, again, that, that's one of the that's one of the original Spaghetti Bowls. It's inside the building. You're pretty much in complete darkness. Now, when we went on it, there was actually a uh, there were two spotlights in the middle of the room, so you could actually see a little bit what was going on. But I think the thing that really kills Flight of, the two Flight of Fear coasters is the fact that they break it almost to a complete stop about halfway through the ride. And yes. that's that's something that you don't see in the newer models, like Joker's Jinx down at Six Flags America, and uh, Poltergeist at Six Flags Fiesta Texas does not have the brakes either.
1: Right. And then you're leaning on the friend that, or whoever's sitting next to you for the second half of the ride, which makes it really pleasant for that person. Or at least that was my experience on it.
0: N- not not what it could be. not Not what it really could be, and not what the others are. So, um, now, the interesting thing going back to Dominator for a minute, we did have that issue where a guest came back uh, unresponsive back on Saturday. Uh, Not this past Saturday, the Saturday before, a little over a week ago now. um, The ride was closed uh, for safety checks on Sunday and reopened Monday. It was running fine on Friday. You wouldn't have known that anything really happened had you not known that something did happen, so pretty much not the ride's fault. No safety issues. Must have been a pre-existing condition that maybe was aggravated aggravated by the. I, was it a brain aneurysm? I believe was the issue.
1: Yes, and that person actually passed away, right? Uh, after suffering a brain aneurysm,
0: right. So again, not not something, not a safety issue with the ride at all. That. Pretty, pretty much unrelated to the ride itself. Now, if it was a pre-existing condition that maybe was aggravated by the guest being on the ride, perhaps, but uh, nothing that actually... nothing from the ride malfunctioned.
1: Exactly. Is the point there. And th- those, those conditions, those brain aneurysms are really, really unfortunate because you can't normally pre-detect those things.
0: Right, and, and there's really no way to catch that kind of stuff so an unfortunate incident for the park but at least it's not like some things we've been seeing this year at different parks where it is it was actually a safety concern that it could have been prevented it's just kind of a freak thing that just happened to happen unfortunately
1: okay right now i'm actually uh in the coastercrazy.com chat room and AJ Clark just said, When is radio going live? So I'm going to say it's being re Right.
0: And just just to kind of clarify what's going on here for the people we haven't already talked to about this, we're we're trying to work out a way where we can do like a live chat room and perhaps Live calls. Um, we can't really do Blog Talk Radio because we can't fund that kind of thing now that Blog Talk Radio asks for money. So we're trying to work out a way where we can do live calls or, or at least a live chat room so we can kind of talk to you guys during the show other than jumping back and forth between the chat. So it, it, hang tight with us for a couple of weeks. We're, we're hoping within a couple of weeks we might be able to figure something out with that that won't sacrifice the quality of the show at all.
1: Exactly. So we do we do understand that you guys want to see and hear it live, but bear in mind that we can't uh, because of the uh, we don't have access, and neither of us are web designers or coders or anything that can make our own simple website right, to do it. So-
0: yeah, so bear with us for a few weeks with the recorded shows, and uh, tr- trust us, we are working on trying to figure out a way where we can have you guys on the show live. We'll 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 try and figure something out, hopefully within the next few weeks. So by the end of the season, we can have uh, some some live calls here.
1: We'll figure something out. Even I know Blog Talk lets us do thirty minute shows um, for free, so we might do like thirty minute call in shows.
0: Right, or at least maybe like a 30-minute call-in show, and then we'll record the rest off-air, not live, and then that way you guys get part of the show, and then maybe we'll do another part of the show that really wouldn't require some live interaction. Maybe we'll do like an interactive part of the show, and then we'll have more of a, a news segment type of show after, and then mix it all together. Right. might be able to do something like that.
1: Well, we'll see what happens. You know, it'll take some time, but we'll figure something out soon.
0: Right. We're we're gonna try and get this show to be really really better than it ever has been before. So bear with us, and uh, we'll we'll keep working on that for you guys. So, uh, so we've talked a little bit about Kings Dominion. Again, I like Kings Dominion. I like going there. It's it's a nice big park. It's got a few good rides. Um, now last week we talked a little bit about. Uh, Cedar Point and what is possibly coming there for next year. Now, Disaster Transport uh, yesterday gave its last rides at 11.53 p.m. The last riders, the last 10 riders unloaded, and Disaster Transport is now closed forever.
1: And I did get to ride Disaster Transport when I went back to Cedar Point in May of 2009, and I I wish I could have rewritten it because when I rode it, it was just after eating lunch, and it was the ride that we rode to relax after riding the um what what what's it called you sit in the car and it spins you around i think it's chaos oh uh and you the, flip yeah, over ca-
0: chaos is one of them uh the other one. There's one uh there's a Troika and uh, Troikas in that area too. They they got a Cedar Point has some good spinning flat rides too. Yeah,
1: so I was not feeling good after riding Chaos and we had to sit down for a good 20 minutes. Then we went on <laughs> Then we went on uh Disaster Transport and it was smooth. It was a nice ride, but I just wasn't feeling fantastic um, to really yeah. enjoy it, which is uh, unfortunate. I've only
0: yeah, I've only ridden Disaster Transport once. I was back in 2007. I remember the queue line was cool. The ride was pretty much just uh, pitch black. Uh, I I don't remember it greatly since it was now five years ago. I remember it was fun, but not not obviously not one of their signature rides. That's why it's uh, coming out, and that's why it's uh, closed now. But what I think is interesting at the... Uh, last to, to ride event, they actually let the last riders go through with the lights on, so that's something that probably a lot of people never had done before, so I think that's kind of cool that uh, some people got to experience it with the lights on, and people who probably never had done that before.
1: Yeah, you know, that that's a little interesting um, thing to know. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, I read that this afternoon. Now, I'm sure there's some people who probably would have wanted to experience the ride as it was meant to be ridden, but I, I don't know that you're going to have a ton of people complain about being able to ride a ride like that with the lights on when there really wasn't anything going on in the dark anyway.
1: Exactly. There was just, what, one or two scenes that you saw as you passed by on right, either side? And,
0: right, and honestly, you're going pretty fast. You're swinging back and forth sometimes. It was even hard to see those. So I uh, an interesting decision, not something that I'm really going to argue with. I... I I think it would have been cool had I gotten up there to be able to ride it with the lights on. So uh, probably a a little a little twist there that made that probably a bit more special for some people.
1: That's nice. You know, uh, it'll be interesting to see what goes in that space. It'll really be interesting to see how they take down disaster transport. Are they going to do what Bush Gardens did and virtually and and even Six Flags? rip out the coasters in, like, they did with Great American Scream Machine and Great Adventure and uh, Big Bad Wolf at Bush Gardens, or are they going to carefully take it apart, you know, because could this be a ride we see brought to King's Island, you know, they're right, getting and... rid of Son of Beast soon, so...
0: Yeah, and you and I kind of talked about that a, a little bit last week. Could we expect to maybe see disaster transport jump somewhere? Like, uh, God forbid, uh, Dorney Park get another relocated Cedar Fair ride, but, um, y- you know, we-, we did talk about that a little bit.
1: I don't think it would fit at <laughs> no, Dorney Park. No, I think I, it's too no, big. No,
0: I don't think so, Yeah. Um, we did talk about that slightly last week. Um, a, a ride of that age and of that style, it, it, if it goes somewhere, I would I would have to think it would go into maybe one of the smaller parks. Like the main park that I would think of is Michigan's Adventure, just because Michigan's Adventure is probably, I guess, if you want to call that the worst park in the Cedar Fair chain or the lowest profiting park. You know, they stuck uh, Thunderhawk from Geauga Lake there a few years ago. I don't know that Cedar Fair would really be going out to spend a ton of money on a new ride from Michigan's Adventure since it's not really near any big markets to really draw crowds from. So I, I could see them maybe throwing it in there just to say, hey, we got a new ride, kind of like what they've been doing at Dorney with Possessed and Stinger and Demon Drop. So maybe I see that, but outside of that, I don't know that it really goes to one of the bigger parks like Kings Island. I think Kings Island would be much better off spending money on something brand new.
1: Yeah, but... Well, we'll see. We can't really say for now. So we'll see what happens when the ride gets taken down, how it's being taken down, and that'll be probably the best um, we'll be able to tell
0: once th- with how quickly they take it down and how much care is taken when taking it out if we should even talk about where it might be going if if they rip the thing out in a couple of days and it's just a, a giant heap of steel then I don't know that we're going to see it going
1: no it's not going anywhere then but no. you know I think they might preserve some of it for the uh, roller coaster museum
0: yeah, that, I wouldn't be surprised to to see maybe like a car or part of the track maybe be uh, preserved for the museum. That that would be uh, good to
1: see. Or maybe they'll just send it over to Kenoboles and say, "Here you go. Rip out the wood on Flying Turns and use this instead."
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Um, I actually saw in Flying Turns that the the station and the transfer track is being rebuilt for new trains, and perhaps we might see new trains coming in that might actually work. Um, it's going to be a stretch to see it this season, but I heard that maybe by next season we might actually see Flying Turns making some headway.
1: So I, that's, that's an interesting note. I really hope so, because, you know, no fault to Knoebels. They're working really hard on this they, attraction. They
0: really are. They really are.
1: But, you know, it's getting to go into, like, the eighth or ninth year that this ride's been under construction.
0: Yeah, they, they 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 just gotta find a way to to get it done.
1: Exactly, but eventually yeah. it'll happen. And we'll all be happy that it has, and we'll see yeah. how it goes from there.
0: So, yep. So 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 disaster transport gone for good is close for good. We'll see what comes of that. Um, really, not too much development this week with the Cedar Point. Coaster. All we really heard was after you and I recorded last week's show, a few hours later, someone came out saying that apparently a very reliable source has said that this will possibly have a dragon theme uh, slash name, sort of like Leviathan up at Canada's Wonderland, which would kind of make sense with a little bit of the logo we talked about last Mm -hmm. year. And they also said, the source also said that they... Uh, thought the track was going to be green. Now I do. We talked about the Wing Rider track that supposedly was shipped to China. However, there's been conflicting reports that that track didn't actually go to China, and there's also people who say that there were two different green Wing Rider uh, Wing Riders being made at that steel plant. So, kind of up in the air with that yet, and. the the, now there haven't been any trademark hits on this particular name but uh, Screamscape seems to think that Gatekeeper is that's the name that keeps floating around the Cedar Fair Coaster or the Cedar Point Coaster now Gatekeeper personally I don't know that that would be a great name for a coaster but if you're gonna have a dragon theme I suppose you could make that work if you had a really awesome logo with it so Again, there hasn't been any trademark hits on that, but as you told me just before the show started, you found on News Plus Notes that there has been a Cedar Fair trademark submitted for Gold Striker, I believe you said was the name?
1: I believe it was Gold... I think you're right, Gold Striker. Let me just double-check right here.
0: Right. And Gold Striker... uh, the, with what we've been hearing of the cedar point coaster, that doesn't sound like it's going along with what we've been hearing you know wing a wing rider and the name gold striker i I don't the the dragon flying theme makes much more sense, and gatekeeper makes sense with the fact that we heard that there's going to be some sort of element that is featured at the front gate of Cedar Point. So the gatekeeper name, well, that may may just be a code name, but a dragon theme makes much more sense. Gold Striker really wouldn't fit with anything we've heard about the Cedar Point coaster, so maybe Gold Striker might be something that we haven't really been talking about yet. Maybe that's something for later on down the road. Maybe that's just for a small ride that one of the other parks is putting in, but we'll have to wait and see on that, but that's that's something to definitely keep an eye on.
1: You know, with uh, the theme of disaster transport, getting back to that, if it goes out west, Gold Striker, maybe retheme it to a gold mine that you're going through?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a, certainly a possibility. Um, out in California, maybe, maybe if we saw it pop up a bit, California's Great America now I know yeah. that's kind of uh now now actually that I think about that, could gold striker maybe be a name we might see for the GCI wooden coaster out there that just Ooh, popped for in my knots.
1: Eye. that's it or for
0: or, or for great America yeah. because we we've seen designs of the first drop going around the uh, observation tower out there, and we've seen multiple computer generated models of that actual coaster, but nobody's really come up with a name. I actually just thought of that as we were talking through that. Gold Striker and a wooden coaster in California, I mean, we, we've seen a lot of, I guess, mine-themed coasters, wooden coasters, especially, you know, Ghost Riders out there at Knott's Berry Farm. So, it, now that I think of it, Gold Striker may actually be the name of maybe that wooden coaster that we're going to see out there.
1: It could be. That sounds interesting. Now that you thought about it.
0: Yeah. So uh, again, something we don't know a whole lot of, but we're, we'll, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that.
1: Exactly. Um, what was the other topic we were going to talk about before we got into what, our main one?
0: Well, we're, we're uh, since we're on a Cedar Fair here and rides coming out and coming in, uh, I think. The the big breaking news this week was that Kings Island has finally decided to uh, remove Son of Beast, and they they got a good plot of land there, and I believe back in April on Kings Island opening day, I forget what forum it was on, but apparently a season pass holder actually talked with uh, CEO Matt Weimet at the park at Kings Island, and uh, Mr. Weimet wasn't really shying away from talking about Son of Beast, he said something along the lines of we we got to figure out what we're going to do to replace Son of Beast. We're just not going to be able to do anything with that. And that was a little bit of foreshadowing, and I don't really think this move by Cedar Fair and King's Island to take out Son of Beast, I don't really think it's surprising anyone. It was really beyond repair and beyond maybe a Texas Giant treatment or a top retract. It was really beyond that point.
1: Yeah, they would have had to replace the entire structure before they could even consider doing something like that and it's obviously was not worth it
0: right and and that goes all the way back to when the ride was first built you know you had an inexperienced company coming in to build it that was you know taken off the job before the thing was even built and then when you did have some structural issues um i i I remember hearing that um that king's island didn't even use they didn't even use computer models to kind of generate models for what they were doing to the structure to fix the original issues from the original builder so uh, uh, son of Beast was just one of those rides kind of, it's interesting because you have the bat King's Island is legendary for the bat, which was kind of doomed to begin. From the start, the first suspended coaster, and Son of Beast almost seems like it might have been one of those coasters that was just it was just too big and too crazy to really
1: work. Right, and I actually just found um, that report you said uh, about the guest that met Mr. We met. I'm actually reading what he posted on Kings Island Central, uh, KI Central. Yep, that that's where it was. Yep. So it it seems that Mr. We met more or less said that uh, it was going away long before the park announced it.
0: Right, and again, I don't know that he would have said that had this not pretty much been a foregone conclusion over the last few years, that when people ask about it and post about it on the Kings Island Facebook page, they delete the comments. So it, it, it was just kind of something that they didn't really want to talk about, and for a while they really just were trying to come to a decision to see if they maybe could save it. But all in all, it's just going to be easier and probably cheaper to rip it out and put something new in there.
1: Hmm. It's a, uh Mr. Met was reportedly saying, not quoted, but basically said that we need to do something for you guys down here to replace Son of Beast because yeah. there just isn't anything we can do with it.
0: Right, and again, he pretty – he didn't – again, you said that wasn't quoted,
1: but he was reported as
0: pretty much saying that
1: – It was summarized, taking, more or less. Yeah,
0: we're taking this thing out. we got to figure out something to make it up to you guys because, you know, Son of Beast was just way more trouble than it was ever worth really after the first year or two. Wow.
1: They had a good um, day for meeting Mr. Weeman, apparently.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, how about that? So. opening day, you get to meet the new CEO of Cedar Fair.
1: Exactly.
0: So, well, yeah, that's another thing to keep an eye on. Now, I don't know that we'll see anything. Obviously, demolition isn't going to get underway till the end of the summer here, so I highly doubt we'll see anything in that plot for next season. But for 2014, look out. I've always said that Kings Island... You know, yeah, they have Invertigo, and yeah, they have Flight Deck, and maybe it would be odd to have three, not three, inverted coasters. You have two inverted coasters and then an old suspended coaster kind of next to each other. But, hey, Dorney's got two inverted shuttles right next to each other. So we've seen crazier things. I've always thought that Kings Island really needs a signature inverted coaster. Maybe B&M can can put something down there.
1: Well, they'd be the second park with uh, three Inverted roller coasters, I guess you could classify it as, but they wouldn't be the yeah. first one to do it.
0: Yeah, D-Dor- Dorney is really the only park that has three true inverted coasters with Talon, Possessed, and Stinger. There are a few that have two inverts and a suspended coaster. Cedar Point, uh, you know, Cedar Point has Raptor and Wicked Twister, and then Iron Dragon. Iron Dragon out there. So, but Dorney is the only one that really has three true inverted coasters. So. We've seen crazier things.
1: Exactly. Um, but it wouldn't be too out of the ordinary to see that that would happen. Maybe a dive machine. Yeah. Cedar Fair hasn't really gone into that route. And there's no bush parks around there. So you might see no, a dive maybe, machine.
0: Maybe we even see a, flo- maybe we even see a floorless. Uh, for a while, the floorless coasters were dead. But uh, with Hair Razor opening up you know, over at Ocean Park. We, we we've seen one or two of those recently, so maybe B&M isn't quite done with those yet. Um, there's also reports that one of the sections of track at the B&M steel plant there in Ohio is for a floorless coaster. So I don't think we've kind of I don't think we've seen them completely move on uh, from the floorless coasters yet. So so stay tuned. So stay tuned for that. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing anything regarding a new ride for kings island anytime soon i would be shocked if we did but there's gonna be something there in the future and i think sooner rather than later because they're they're gonna want to forget about son of beast and move on to the next big ride especially with the success of diamond back i wouldn't be shocked at all if they went back to b&m
1: absolutely um and remember back in 19 when did apollo open
0: uh, Apollo was nineteen ninety 1990... nine. It's either nine, ninety eight or ninety nine.
1: I want to say ninety nine. Okay, we'll go with nineteen ninety nine. How many Fabio incidents have we had this year? Because obviously everybody knows what happened to Fabio. We've had right. two extra Fabio incidents happen this year. One at Dorney Park on Steel Force. Right. The other at Six Flags Great Adventure. Can you guess the coaster?
0: Oh boy! I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say that it's not Blackbeard's lost treasure train.
1: <laughs> Something tells me that that's not it. Something also tells me it's not Skull Mountain or the Dark Knight, uh, Wild Mouse in a Box.
0: Yeah, see, yeah, I, I don't think there's too many birds flying around inside of those buildings over there, down there in uh, good old New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, King King Decau, obviously is is the ride and you know, I'm surprised that we don't see issues like this more often with these launch coasters, that we don't see more people being hit in the face with uh, you know, objects or you know, flying animals. I'm I'm surprised we don't see this more often.
1: Yeah, it probably happens a ton of the time, like all the time, but it just never gets reported on. Now this was a big deal for happening how it did, and um, let's just say that when he's going back to the station, he's not doing a hundred and twenty something miles an hour, and the bird reportedly still exploded.
0: Yeah, and and you know that's hard to believe. Now it, it was on the return run, correct? As they were coming back down. Yeah, they were that coming down. Airtime that hill. There.
1: into the into the turnaround when it hit him. So.
0: Yeah, and I mean by that time you're slowing down. You're you're slowed down to a a pretty, you know, you're slowed down a considerable amount. You're not going significantly fast there. So it's pretty interesting to hear about this.
1: Exactly. Luckily, it wasn't at the 128 mile an hour mark, or else the kid could have been seriously injured.
0: Yeah, and we've seen, pretty much everyone's seen pictures of uh, what happened to Fabio there years ago. And if you haven't, uh, Google image search, Fabio Apollo's chariot, and you'll you'll see a picture of uh, what Fabio looked like after he got hit in the face with a goose at the bottom of uh, the Apollo's chariot drop. Uh, Let's just say the goose did not win.
1: Neither did Fabio's nose. No, no,
0: no. I, I, I would. The goose definitely got the, wor- the worst of it, but uh, Fabio didn't make out too well either.
1: No, luckily all this kid suffered was a uh, bump on the chin and a couple of bruises on his neck.
0: Right. So, so good, good, good to hear at least that he wasn't uh, seriously injured there.
1: Exactly. Now we're moving on to why do parks close rides? for weather reasons.
0: Right. And, and this is something that maybe a lot of people think they know a lot about. And if, if you're an enthusiast, you probably know a lot more than most. But you and me as park employees, this is something that we deal with on a pretty regular basis. Especially the last couple of days. Right. Especially with the storms. So, you know, we had a long drought in Pennsylvania for a while and it didn't rain for weeks, And, you know, the last week or so, we've been getting some pretty good, sizable storms coming through, dropping some decent, you know, significant amounts of rain on the area. So this mm-hmm. is something that – now, I, I've been on vacation for the past week or so, but um, I know you mentioned the other day – now, we're not going to get into all the code talk and whatnot that we use at the park, but you mentioned that there was one of the highest levels – of weather warnings at the park uh, a few days ago
1: yeah last Thursday um, Dorney Park well we'll explain the weather codes a little bit Dorney Park has a five stage uh, weather code closing system right. uh, we go we use letters so it's a b c d e f um, F being severe lightning and thunder
0: right and 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 an F is pretty much. Pretty much the most severe you can ever get. You've we very rarely. I I've never personally. well, I think last year at one point we got up to an E, yeah. where we were actually up in Talon. We were actually required to have all the operators inside the booth because the winds were bad, the rain was bad, the thunder was that was bad, when the hurricane was. Bad. Was
1: that when the tropical storm or the hurricane were coming? Yeah, yeah. There was
0: there were, there was like a two or three day span. Where we had that storm that one night and we went into an an E that night. Uh, It was about like 5 or 6 o'clock because I know I was supposed to get off at 8, I think. And Mm -hmm. they sent me home around 6.30 once breaks were over. And the very next day it was pouring and I know the park closed at like 6 o'clock the next day because there was nobody in the park because it was pouring all day. Hydra had one train, Talented had one train. I think Steel Force might have even only been running one train, which you never ever see.
1: Yeah. It that that's, I. Do you remember what day that was or what month? I,
0: it was. I think it was towards the end of the year. I It was sometime in August. I thought because it was towards the end of when I was working that summer. Okay. It, it was. I think. I think it was. Uh, that was about when the hurricanes came through, right? I think it was leading up to that.
1: Yeah, okay, so I wouldn't have been there at all that whole weekend, that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday I had off, so I wouldn't... But I know what you're talking about now, but I wouldn't have been there that entire weekend.
0: Right, and and that's kind of just to put in perspective how rare the, the, that level of storm warning is, like an EF, F. You very, very rarely see there, I mean... I've been working there almost two full seasons, and you've been working there longer, and I've never personally been in an F. I've been in an E once. I think the highest we've ever gone other than that, I think, is a C, the times I've been there.
1: Yeah, C codes are more common. Uh, A, B, and C, you know, those are the most common codes we use at the park. Now, this year, we've had two Fs and three Es. So... So
0: yeah, I mean even though we had we had that drought for a while when the storms are coming through, they're coming through they're going full throttle when they come when they come through Norny there.
1: Oh absolutely. Um, now stage level A basically means that a storm is on the way. and I believe we only have three rides that close in a level A storm, maybe four. Um, they are the Ferris wheel. Uh, two of the attractions in Planet Snoopy, which we all call Planet Stupid, and uh, (laughs) I believe Demon Drop does as well.
0: Yeah, I know Demon Demon Drop and the Ferris Wheel are two of those rides that, if anything gets wet, it will not function properly. Mm -hmm. So when there's a storm approaching, we pretty much have to shut those rides down. Right away, just to make sure. Because with with Demon Drop, when you have people loaded in there, it takes a while to do the load and unloading process on Demon Drop. Same thing with and the Ferris obvious, wheel. Uh, yeah, the Ferris wheel, if you have people in just about every car, and if there's a storm coming, you're going to need time to get people off. It takes quite a few minutes to get everyone off of it. So that's why those rides shut down early. It's not necessarily because... The storm may be far enough away that it could safely operate, but we have to anticipate the storm being at the park in the near future, and we need to make sure that everyone is off the ride at that point. We can't have thunder and lightning at the park and still be getting people off the Ferris wheel.
1: Oh, we can, because sometimes we get into a code when we need to, and other times we don't.
0: Right, so it's it's basically to avoid that. It's to try and avoid situations like that where it might become unsafe. That's really what the issue... That's really the reasoning for all that is.
1: Right. Uh, Basically, an A means that there's a thunderstorm approaching, and like we said, it's going to take a while to get people off of these two big rides. The smaller rides, not so much in Planet Snoopy. They can close right away. But the Ferris wheel... You know, Like you said, if you have a lot of people on that ride in every station, it takes a good five to ten minutes to get everybody off. And then Demon Drop, I can't say because I've never worked, but a friend of mine does. And from what he's told me, it's another five to ten minutes for that ride um, to get everybody off.
0: Yeah, a, a couple rides that do take a while to load and unload. Now, we, we kind of talked about Monster last week because that's one of the rides I work. Monster is one of those rides that also takes a long time to load and unload. But as we'll get into in a minute, Monster doesn't shut down until you get into a sea because it is a flat ride. It's not that high off the ground, so it's safe to operate when there's thunder and lightning as as long as there's not significant rainfall.
1: Right. Now we're going to go into what we consider to be a B code, which means that there's a thunderstorm approaching the park still. It's not at the park necessarily, but it's... But it's a lot closer. It's a lot closer. You can actually see or hear the lightning or the thunder. Um, And this is where virtually everything in the park that's not over 20 feet closes. Or that's under 20 feet closes. So you're going to see all your roller coasters closing in this code... The water rides all close in this code. The water park right. closes in this code. Uh, when,
0: when when guests ask about it, we basically say anything that involves water or it has is has significant height. It is significantly off the ground. So basically, uh, you know your dominators, your demon drops, your whitewater landings, your thunder canyons, your thunder creek mountains, all the roller coasters. Anything that is more than 15, 20 feet off the ground, you know, more than your standard flat ride, like a scrambler or a monster style ride, anything other than that kind of ride is going to shut down. And I believe, is it an A or B that the Cedar Creek Cannonball shuts down as well? I believe it's a B.
1: I believe it's a B that the Cannonball closes in as well. Right.
0: Now, now the, Zephyr, the Zephyr is a little different. The Cedar Creek Cannonball shuts down whenever the track is wet. So, most, like most rides, if it's not thundering and lightning, most rides will stay open if it's just raining. But the Cannonball actually shuts down because the wheels slip on the track. But the Zephyr does not. Right. Because the wheels are covered, the wheels are underneath the train, the the Zephyr can still function properly if it's just raining. Now, once you get into a B, the Zephyr does close with the thunder and lightning, but if it's just raining, the Zephyr usually does stay open.
1: Right, and we're going to get into that as well. Several rides at Dorney, specifically, close when they get wet. But we'll, we'll tell you about those rides in just a little bit. Right. Now... C code is... Thunderstorm is now at the park. Correct. Which pretty much means that everything that does not have a roof over it is closed. So this is your flat rides for the most part. They're all closed. Um, basically, the only things open are the whip. Um, right, that
0: has a roof. Music, Music Express, Express has a roof as well.
1: The two carousels at Dorney... Um, uh, the Tilt-A-Whirl, for some strange reason, and I think maybe the Scrambler.
0: Yeah, I th- I think... I believe I have seen the Scrambler running in sea sometimes. I know that's when the Monster shuts down, and I believe that's just because the Monster does actually go off the ground a little bit, but the Scrambler obviously doesn't go up and down off the ground, so I, th- I think the Scrambler is usually okay in a C, along with the other rides you mentioned, but other other than that, that's pretty much it. Once once there's a thunderstorm actually over the park, pretty much everything's shutting
1: down. Right. Now we go into the decode, which closes the scrambler and the tilt-whirl, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yes, I believe the two rides with the uh, the roofs, the whip, and Music Express can still run, I believe, because they're not actually getting wet. Right. They're not in any
1: immediate danger because of the roof. Right. So once we get out of the D we are talking about E code and then the whip and the Music Express do close in an E. Right. And, and and this is where
0: again the code E and code Fs are are very, very rare, typically, although we have seen a lot of them this year, you know, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, E's and Fs are very, very rare you'll very rarely go to any amusement park where every single ride is shut down. But once we get into the E's and F's, that's when you're talking about some significant, severe thunder and lightning. Like if a tornado starts ripping down the midway, that's that's an F to kind of put it in some perspective. When you have some severe, severe weather, that's kind of what uh, your E's and F's are for. So... To put it in perspective, we're not joking
1: around when you get in up into the E's and F's here. Right. Uh, e codes, like you said, they don't happen very often. We did get into one, I believe, last... When did I work last? Uh, Saturday, I believe, we had our last E code. Hmm. Okay. Um, then we get into the F. Now, once we're in the E, there's only two rides open. They are the Chance Carousel and the Antique Carousel. You go into an F at Dorney, they close both of those attractions, so now every ride in the park is closed, and all employees that are in outside weather conditions need to seek shelter in the nearest building. That is what we are told when we go into an F code.
0: Right, and depending on what rides you're at, um, I I believe down at possessed... Once we go since we close in a B because of the significant height once we get into an e I believe that's when we're told to pretty much get everyone inside the booth because even though that station is covered um there it is very open despite having a roof over it and it's very easy to get wet and the obviously with the launch building being there it kind of tunnels some wind in through the station very very easily and that's very evident. When the train is running back and forth between the station, you get a significant amount of wind through through the possessed station there. So I believe that's when we are told to go into the booth as well during an E. But in the F, everyone has to seek shelter. Exactly.
1: So uh, park employees are told that if we get into uh, those high weather codes, those E's and F's, that you should seek shelter. And believe me, not everybody says it. And... It's true. The, these storms, when every, everybody these days has a smartphone. So it, it honestly amaze, amazes me how many people choose to walk around when you have your weather app on and you see this big red or purple or violet dot right over where you're at outside and you don't even think to walk over to the, the Coasters restaurant and just stay inside for a few minutes yeah, especially and, because you're pulling a stroller or you're pushing a stroller i mean it amazes yeah
0: me. and it's like all the rides are closed and you know the employees aren't even going to be there to tell you that it's closed so i i don't even understand why certain people would be wanting to ride a roller coaster or ride like dominator when you have severe weather like that like it, you know for your own safety you know try and seek some shelter out you know protect yourself and your family because nothing's going on at the park i'll tell you that (laughs) exactly
1: and at these points you know park gates usually open to allow guests to leave in my opinion though these gates should close and they really shouldn't let anybody out because if we get into an f you know like you said that could institute that there's a tornadic storm around if we're in the f code you shouldn't really let people walk to their cars because if they run to their cars and try to leave, that creates traffic congestion. And if there's a tornado right. coming, and, and that can
0: create even more issues. You know that right? Even more issues there. Some some worse conditions, especially. And and if you do have a storm like a tornado in the area, then you then you run the risk of, you know, maybe the cars even being shifted by the heavy winds. So that's another. Uh, that's that's another issue, uh, safety issue, that uh, needs to be taken into consideration
1: as well. Exactly. So, unfortunately, people, when they come to amusement parks, it's like people leave their brains in their cars or in their houses or at the front gate because they definitely, for the most part, don't bring them with them into the park.
0: Right. And, and it's unfortunate that we see that sometimes, but uh, the reality of it uh, being a park employee, sometimes you do see uh, people doing some things that are not so smart, and you know there's not there's not a ton that we can really do about it. But we can, but uh, you know, the safety of our guests is the utmost concern.
1: Absolutely, that's why it's one of our cornerstones. Exactly. Now, these ride closures for weather specifically are for just that. Remember. Our biggest cornerstone at Cedar Fair is safety. That's what we stress yes. all the time. That's why we have all those rules and regulations that everybody wants to argue about. They keep you right. safe.
0: That's yes. That's the that's, that's the main concern. Safety first, uh, fun second. Exactly. So so that that's you know if if you're not safe, you're probably not going to be having fun.
1: Exactly. It's it's not worth you know killing yourself or hurting yourself badly because your basketball or hat or what have you went over the restricted gate and you think, well, that's not a big deal. I'll just go get it myself.
0: Right. That's not something we want to see people do.
1: Right. If there's a gate or an area where it clearly says don't enter unless you're a park employee or authorized personnel, then don't enter unless you're a park employee or your authorized personnel. I mean, it's that simple just ask somebody, "Hey, I dropped my hat while I was riding Hydra right past the Jojo roll. Can you guys get it for me sometime?" They'll say, "Yeah, we'll get it for you at the end of the night."
0: Right. And 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 unfortunately for the guests, that's pretty much the best we can do when something goes into a restricted area because even though we're authorized personnel and we're park employees, it's that doesn't make it safe for us to go in there either. We've seen park employees be seriously injured and even killed. We, we've seen it this year up at uh, La Ronde in Montreal. We saw a uh, maintenance worker uh, killed by the uh, the vampire ride, which is a Batman clone mm-hmm. up there. So even, even though we're authorized personnel, it's not safe for us to go in there where the ride's running either. So... We can get it for you at the end of the night. We'll turn it into Lost and Found. We'll make a note of it that you're the one who lost it. Make sure you let Lost and Found know. And when we get it to them, you know, if we find it, and we will turn it. If we find it, we'll turn it in, and they'll be able to contact you, so you'll be able to get your thing back that really you probably shouldn't have had on the ride in the first place. But we'll do what we can to make sure you get it back.
1: Right, and it even amazes me how much people will argue about getting their their items back because the most common excuse is, oh, we're leaving in five or ten minutes.
0: Yeah, well, you know, this is kind of a a poor way to say it, but you should have thought about that before you decided to take your cell phone out to try and take a video on the ride, which you, you shouldn't be doing that in the first place. So if you lose it, that's not on us.
1: Right. And let's also say that, okay, you're leaving in five minutes, that's fine. We didn't say that you know, we can't get it until the end of the night, and then we'll give it to you. We say, go to Lost and Found, let them know. Give them your information, because if we find it and you're not at the park, Lost and Found will notice that you left your phone number there and what you lost, and the description comes back and they have it, they'll call you, or they'll email you that they have it, and then they'll figure out some method to get that item to you.
0: Correct, correct. And again... As park employees, when the safety of our guest is number one and we're trying to be efficient ride operators and make it fun for everyone so you're not waiting in line and we're still able to keep you guys safe, that that's pretty much the best we can do because we, we can't shut a ride down and have maintenance come shut the ride completely off because then we have to redo everything that we do before the park opens in the morning and that's more time that people aren't on the rides enjoying their time we can't shut the ride down for one to two hours to go get your cell phone or to go get your hat or to go get your stuffed animal or your flip-flop that you should have thought twice about taking on the ride in the first place
1: exactly so You you know how people are, but that's a little bit off the topic of what we were talking about. When we're talking about weather, and specifically these weather codes, um, we have them for reasons. And like we said, our safety of our guests is the number one concern that we have. So our duty to you, the guest, is to close these rides when it is not safe. Guests always ask, is this ride safe? I'm sure you've heard it at almost every ride you've worked at, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's a very... We could probably sit down and make a list of 10 to 15 of the most common questions. And all of them pretty much go back to safety. You know, is this ride scary? Is this ride safe? Has anyone died on this? You know, how many how many people have died on this ride? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, some, sometimes... Sometimes you can kind of tell when a guest is kind of just messing around, and you can kind of joke around with it and be like, "Well, nobody's died on it today," <laughs> and you can kind of joke around with people like that. But again, when you have someone that's genuinely scared of going on a ride, we can honestly say to you, "This ride is absolutely safe. You nothing is going to happen to you on this ride." And nine times out of ten, ninety-nine times out of a hundred you're going to come back and you probably will have had a hell of a time and you'll probably get back in line and ride it again.
1: Exactly. And what I like to tell people when they ask me, is this ride safe and, uh, you know, all that stuff, I say the ride would not be open if it wasn't safe.
0: Right. We wouldn't let you get on the ride if we didn't know that you're going to be safe. And a lot of people in the general public don't realize how much training – People go through to be ride operators at a park, and especially you know the maintenance crews and all that. People don't. Re- people say, "Oh well, I'll I'll sit and watch a, vi- a few videos and read a book." But it's a whole lot more than that. We go through hours and hours of training in the off season to make sure that we're ready for an entire season's worth of work, and we even have some orientations during the season now.
1: Indeed. So I mean, it, it's not something that you just do once you do this multiple times throughout the year. And then as a supervisor, as a team leader, like I am, it's really in- imperative that I remember what I'm being taught because then I'm the one who's teaching, you know, the people that are on your level, how to run whatever right. ride. Um, you know, we can even go back to past tense last year where I trained you at the Ferris wheel.
0: Right. Uh, even though I was at town last year, uh there was a day where you at the Ferris wheel group were had some low staffing and you know I knew you were at the Ferris wheel group and I had never worked there so I said yeah I'll go down to the Ferris wheel group for the day and you trained me on to how the, to properly operate the Ferris wheel so now I can you know with confidence say when a guest at the Ferris wheel asked me if this ride is safe I can say yes you're going to be safe we, I wouldn't be letting you on this ride right now if I wasn't 110% sure that you're going to come back absolutely safe.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, you know, we go through these trainings, and just because you're assigned to one ride doesn't mean that's the only ride or that's the only group you're going to work because you're going to get transferred to here, there, and right. all and the way over I, here.
0: Like last year, Talon is a ride all by itself. Talon is in its own ride group. But last year, I learned Talon. I learned Thunder Canyon. Uh, Every position except operating at Thunder Canyon. I know every position at the Cedar Creek Cannonball. Um, I've worked a couple of the rides at Planet Snoopy. Uh, I I believe that's all I really learned last year. I I know a little bit of Scream and Swing. This year, obviously, I know Possessed, Monster, and the Zephyr. Um, Now, while I haven't worked Steel Force and Hydra and Stinger those those rides really even though they're built by different companies and they're built from different eras and different years a lot a lot of the coasters are fairly similar and a lot of the rides run fairly similar so and a lot of the flat rides are the same too and, you know, the Ferris wheel group, I, I know the Ferris wheel from your group. So a lot of those rides run pretty similar to each other. So after a while, you get to learn a lot of the rides, even though you might only be assigned to one particular ride. So you get to learn all the safety procedures for each individual
1: ride. Absolutely. I mean, I could even tell you that in my first year at Dorney, I was also at Talon. So I knew Talon, I knew hang- I knew the entire hang time group, which at the time was hang time. Uh, Wave swing, Swinger, screaming Swing, and Antique Carousel. I knew yep. Thunder Canyon, I knew Steel 4s, and I knew Possessed. All in one season.
0: Right, so that, that just goes to show you how much these safety trainings go, because not only does it prepare you to work one ride, or two rides, or three rides in your group, you... This kind of sets the basis for the safety procedures for every other ride in the park. Every ride in the park is different. There's no doubt about that. But when it comes to the safety procedures, every ride goes through the same safety procedures. And even though the ride policies, the rider admission policies, might be a little different for each ride, each of them has to be followed, and it's the same procedure to make sure that all the rules are followed for each each ride and again that includes weather everybody has to know or you know that's more the team leaders and the area supervisors that communicate with the weather the ride operators themselves aren't they're not the ones who make the decisions but getting back to the weather thing everybody has to know what has to be done when there is the issue of inclement weather and you need to close the ride. Everybody knows of those procedures.
1: Exactly. Now, we went through the weather codes themselves, but there are several rides that close even if we're not in a weather code. If it's raining or misting or snowing, because we've seen that happen before.
0: Yeah, we saw that last
1: year. (laughs) Anything can close a ride down or the park. Now, for my experiences and my knowledge, uh, the following rides... At Dorney specifically, close if they get wet. They would be the Cedar Creek Cannonball for the reason we discussed earlier.
0: Right. That that's uh, basically because the wheels slip. And I have been running the Cannonball as it began to rain while I was out on the track, and I had a difficult time getting it back to the station, even though it was only misting. So it's it's very difficult to get that ride to even move once the track is wet so when there's any sign of rain or mist even that ride shuts down immediately.
1: Mm -hmm. The Ferris wheel also closes in the rain.
0: Right and again that has to do with the uh, that pretty much has to do with the, the wheels that make the actual ride spin if I'm correct now you know that. Yes. You know that ride much better than I do but again that has to do with the wheels slipping and not being able to rotate the ride properly.
1: Exactly uh demon drop
0: yes and, and uh, again that's that's another brake issue and actually, I do have uh a little bit uh something the comment as far as the brake issue goes with rain here in just a minute, but i'll I'll let you finish off the list here, but demon drop is a brake issue if i uh if I know properly with the wheels and how that ride is stopped,
1: yes, and I believe you're correct with that yeah. uh Thunder creek speedway
0: yes, and again um. Now, down here in North Carolina, we were just at a, a go-kart place last night, and they did have a slick track where they actually pump little bits of oil onto the wheels, and then there's a very smooth finish of the track so that you're sliding all over the place. Uh, that's what they're trying to avoid down there because that's not what the cars are built for. That's not what the track is meant to do. So, again, that would become a safety issue in that kind of weather.
1: The Meteor.
0: Yeah, uh, th- this one actually surprises me a little bit, but the but the Meteor does actually shut down in rain. Now, I have an operated Meteor, so I, I'm not exactly sure the ins and outs of that ride, as much as people who work there would be, but th- that is a ride that shuts down in rain.
1: Yes, the reason the Meteor shuts down is, if you look at the platform, uh, it, it's got basically three levels. Two levels are the same height, and one level is lower. Between those two three levels you have two ramps and each of those ramps is at a good 45 degree angle uh, and if,
0: yes and, and they don't have
1: steps on them they're just like ramps they are ramps straight ramps yes so when they get slippery when they get wet you are falling over
0: yeah and, and that's a lawsuit waiting to happen and and again aside from the lawsuit that's guest safety at risk there and that's again that's what that that seems like that seems really silly but um that's that's the guest safety that we don't want to sacrifice
1: exactly and if uh if i'm correct in saying this that policy was instituted in 2010 which would have been the year that i was the team leader there which means that i might have had a part in instituting that policy of that ride closing in the rain
0: there there you get there you go hats hats off to Tetsy there
1: yeah, I'm not taking credit for it, but uh, <laughs> that's when we started closing for weather. So I don't know there if it go. did it before then. I'd have to talk to some of the past uh, team leaders.
0: Yeah, well, well, again, that's, that's a guest safety issue. Now, to, to kind of go back to the uh, – we talked about Demon Drop and um, the Ferris wheel specifically with how the wheels and the brakes stop those particular rides. It doesn't function in the rain. When I was at Hershey Park it, a couple weeks ago, it did rain, and I asked the one supervisor there while it was storming. I said, "What?" I asked. I asked him to see if I could get an answer. I said, "What is your policy for weather? Is it does this ride just close in the thunderstorms because of the height, or do you guys close down in just regular rain?" And he said that Storm Runner and Sky Rush at Hershey Park close even if it's just raining. Because the brakes are non friction brakes, they're the magnetic brakes, so they don't, th- those brakes are not capable of bringing the train to a full complete stop. They can bring it to almost a stop, but they cannot completely stop the ride. And because of that, if the train is wet, the wheels inside the station that actually stop the trains may not function properly and may slip. So for that reason, those rides shut down in just rain. Now Fahrenheit, while it doesn't have... Fahrenheit has the magnetic brakes as well as the friction brakes, so they're able to run Fahrenheit in the rain. They have friction brakes in the station, but Skyrush and StormRunner do not. So for that reason, those rides shut down in the rain. Now that's very similar to Possessed at our park at Dorney, but Possessed's launch area is covered so I believe that plays a part in why that does not shut down in the rain if if that launch area was not covered by a roof, I believe that possessed might be at risk of shutting down and just rain as well.
1: Exactly. Um the Snoopy's Moon Bounce.
0: Yeah, no oh god the Snoopy Moon <laughs> the Snoopy Moon Bounce. Oh my if god. you're
1: stationed there and it starts to rain, you're like, "Oh, wonderful."
0: yeah uh, I, uh man i I've never worked the moon bounce i mean you you would think it'd be fun working the moon bounce but uh, i no. i just don't know no
1: no, it's not um <laughs> you're not even
0: allowed you're not even allowed to bounce no but you <laughs> what's the fun you, in you that?
1: are allowed to go in it though because when it right. stops raining because the stupid spigots in the thing don't drain the water correctly or they fall off of the, the thing <laughs> so Oh, man. You basically have to go and... Uh, we,
0: we could we could probably do an entire show just about the Dorney Park Snoopy Moon Bounce. I think that'll be... We could do an entire show about the Moon
1: Bounce. I think that's next week's topic. Yeah, th- I think we might have
0: found next week's topic
1: there. Um, Yeah, the, uh, the Moon Bounce. You actually have to go into it to drain the water out. And last I remember, we used a vacuum, a shop vac. The problem with mm-hmm. the shop vac is the shop vac leaked... So all the water that yeah, you vacuumed yeah, they, into the shop <laughs> <laughs> ended up right back on the moon bounce, just in a different spot. You ended up having to vacuum it six or seven times to hopefully get the water out.
0: Well, yeah, if, if you start at one end and slowly move it to the other end, after four or five times, you know, shop back in all the water, you might be able to dump it out the other end.
1: Maybe. Just maybe. I
0: don't I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's something we talk about on next week's show. We talk about the damn moon bounce.
1: <laughs> Things should be so simple, and it's such a pain in the butt.
0: I yeah I. Oh god, the moon bounce.
1: The easiest rides to run are the worst rides to run, people. That's basically what we're saying.
0: Ba- basically, it's it, everything's backwards.
1: Sab Sab. There you go. Um, uh, the staying in planet Snoopy, the Snoopy's Rocket Express.
0: Yeah, Snoopy's, Snoopy's Rocket Express, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's not really a coaster, it's, it's powered the entire way in gravity, it's not like one of those Mac Mine Train powered coasters where it's partially powered by gravity, it just kind of gets started with a motor, this is actually just kind of, um... For you roller coaster tycoon junkies, uh, it's kind of like the cycle railway that can't go up or down. It's just kind of, you have little helicopters going around on a track, and it's kind of elevated. That's basically what the Snoopy's, Snoopys Rocket Express is.
1: Yes, and those cars, um, each of them has two photo eyes that look forward, and when they get too close, they will stop. Now, each car has front and back bumpers to prevent mm-hmm. any serious collusions, but if the track gets wet, the wheels on the ride get wet, and, again, slipping is the main issue right. here.
0: That That's a slipping issue, and that's, and that's something that uh, most of your roller coasters, again, are designed to... They, they account for that, so that rain doesn't really affect how the coasters run, but on smaller rides like that that's not something they really take into account because it's 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 really not worth to engineer you know i guess a way to run those kinds of rides in the rain like you would with, with your with your coaster so a lot of your coasters are able to still run in the rain
1: right um and now we're getting into the last ride that i'm aware of that closes in the rain which would be the wild mouse
0: yeah, and again, we're we're talking about the coasters here, but and I've never worked the Wild Mouse, but is that is that again a wheel and a braking issue?
1: Um, I think it's the same issue that they experience with uh, that they did experience rather with um, Magnum XL two hundred at Cedar Point, which a few years ago, it might have been last year or two years ago, most recently that it slipped through its brake run. Um, at the end of the track and managed to bump into the other train in the station. And when I say bump, I mean bump. It couldn't have been going very fast at all.
0: No, I, I mean, anyone who's been out to Cedar Point has seen pictures of Magnum. You know how it kind of hits that brake run, and then you kind of have, to have that long excursion back to the station with multiple brake runs on it. So, again, the, um, and the Wild Mouse coasters have a lot of brake sections. They have a lot of block sections there that they kind of go through, but uh, anyone who's been on Dorney's particular Wild Mouse knows that the brakes do hit a little bit harder than on most Wild Mouse coasters. Pretty much every brake section does slow it down a little bit, so when you build up kind of all that speed that is kind of trimmed off as the ride goes on and you get to the end, there there is a potential safety hazard there.
1: Right, so that's why that ride closes in the rain, because if that thing slides through those fins, Uh, You're going to be in a lot of trouble there.
0: Right. And again, with uh, a wild mouse coaster, when you don't have the banking on those turns, you don't want to take those turns much faster than you already are. Exactly.
1: And not for nothing. I mean, those cars already bump when it's perfectly dry out in the sun occasionally. We don't want to see how they bump when it's raining. No, they're, they're 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 not bumper cars. Dorney no.
0: doesn't have bumper cars, but we're not trying to turn the wild mouse into bumper cars. No. no
1: not not <laughs> intentionally, though it does happen. So, no. Again, um we do close rides in the rain, uh be it for just the rain or for other issues such as thunderstorms. And why is the main issue and it's all down to guest safety, you know. Right.
0: Every everything that the park does that perhaps guests may not agree with Everything goes back to park safety. That's that's the main reason for it. And that's the most important reason for it because that's 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 our number one priority as park employees.
1: Exactly. So when we close a ride down, if you look up, instead of asking the employees what the hell was that? Instead of asking the Oh, uh yeah. <laughs>
0: My dad was plugging in his iPhone oh. <laughs> across the <laughs> room. That, that, that's what that is. I'll, I'll, I'll edit that out. You should just leave that in
1: there. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, that. It, it,
0: we, I, it, you know what? We might have to. I might have to put that in the uh, iTunes uh, list of stuff with the Peanuts music. I'm, I might have to throw that in there as a sound effect. Uh, iPhone being plugged into charger. Though. There you go. And we'll throw that in there every once
1: in a while. <laughs> It'll be like our coaster radio ding that they have. We'll just use the. Plug in the, we'll, we'll plug do, in the we'll Apple product. We'll do that
0: when we, our, when we plug
1: our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we don't have any yet. we got to find some sponsors. Um, yeah, go sponsor
0: the
1: show. Yeah, uh, You know what? We could actually ask people to... Well, we'll set up PayPal accounts, but uh, if you guys want us to do live shows via Blog Talk, we can, but we're going to have to do it like In The Loop does it, and you guys are going to have to help us, and it'll be 10 bucks a week. Right. That's that's something. Again, that's something we can look into. Exactly. So, if you guys really want those those live shows, uh, that's really going to be the only way to do it. Is to do it in ten dollar a week segments. We wouldn't be able to do it right away because we'd have to save up. The other way would be to go through Amazon um, and have just people come through the blog, uh, and then. Right, and that's what Coaster Radio does. And from what I understand, they get a decent
0: amount of profits through that. So, um, you know, comment on the forum topics. Tell You guys tell us what you want us to do. If you guys are willing to, you know, sponsor some shows, it, uh, maybe it doesn't have to be every week, but if there's a particular week where you guys really want to call in about certain topics, then maybe we only do that, maybe we only do live shows every once in a while. So, yeah, th- that's, that's, again, talked about that a little bit at the beginning, but that's stuff we can look into.
1: Exactly. Um, so that's basically getting back on topic. That's basically why rides close in weather. And if you look at a ride that has a ride close sign or a ride out of service sign or whatever you want to call it up, just take a look at the sky, because that could be the answer that you're looking for in regards to is this ride open Look at the sky. Oh, it looks ugly. So maybe it's not. It's probably not.
0: Yeah, that's that's really all you need to do, and you can you can you can pretty much figure it out on your own rather than asking us because you pretty much already know what we're gonna tell you.
1: Exactly. If the ride close sign is up, nine times out of ten, it means that the ride's closed. Right, and I can't
0: tell you how many times I actually do see that where. There's a an employee standing down at lower high check and the sign says this ride is temporarily closed. We're sorry for the inconvenience, and then they say, Are you guys open?
1: Yep, it happens at the Ferris so wheel it, all the time it, too.
0: Yeah, it, it does ha- it does happen more than you might think. So you know the answer is usually right in front of you. Exactly. Or above you in some cases.
1: And if a ride if it's perfectly sunny out and the ride is closed, then you have a maintenance issue and that's more or less what the employees are going to tell you is that it's a maintenance issue and they're working on it.
0: Right, and it, pretty much nine times out of ten as well, the ride operators don't really know what the maintenance issue is. A lot of a lot of times it's something as simple, oh, a bug flew in front of the photo eye and tripped the computer system and screwed it up. Well, that takes maybe 10, 15 minutes for maintenance to come fix and just reset the ride. A lot of the times that's all stuff like that is. So, uh, a lot of people don't realize how common, you know, breakdowns might be until you actually work at a park or until you go to parks as much as we might. It's it's fairly common, so a lot of the times it's just stuff as simple as that and the ride's up and running in 20 minutes again.
1: Exactly. So, you know, there there's instances where rides are closed and whatnot, but... There's reasons for it, and it's not closed because we want it to be closed. Trust me, if we wanted the ride to be closed, the park wouldn't be open.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or, and to take it a step further, if we didn't want to be running the rides for you guys, we wouldn't be working at the
1: park. That too, you know, we, we trust me guys, uh, I get paid, you know, in the single day. Digits for dollars uh, per hour. You know, I'm not making right. double-digit money here. Um, right. I
0: mean, we're not. We're not. We're, there's no Bill Gates working at Dorney Park or Hershey Park or Six Flags Great Adventure. There's nobody that's going to be laughing all the way to the bank working at these parks. You know, most willing, of the people work least. there. Right. I mean, we're, most most of the people like you and me. Most of the people who are working at the parks are doing it because they enjoy being at the park and being around the rides.
1: Right, and they just want to get a little behind-the-scenes action, and then they do it for a year, maybe two, and then they quit, and they don't come back. It's very rare that you see anyone four, five, six years in a row at the park, and they're right. not some level of supervisor.
0: Right, and I mean, it's something I'll do. I mean, next year, I know I won't be able to go back to Dorney because I'll be starting my uh, co-ops for school. I already have a job lined up for next summer for school co-op up in Buffalo, New York, near where I go to school in Rochester. And I was actually invited to the FRED convention that Great Coasters International uh, does every year, which was a couple weekends ago. I couldn't do it because I was on vacation. But uh, for those of you who don't know, that's the Future Ride Engineers and Designers Convention, that they do every year. Uh, my resume is on file with Great Coasters International as well as uh, SNS Power. I've talked to both of them. So, you, you know, uh, Great Coasters International is famous for their uh, internship program that they do. They do a very good job with it. So, it's, it's your first step to getting into the industry for you guys who might be interested in doing that. For you younger guys who might still be in high school looking, you know, pursuing a career in engineering the first step really is to try and get the first step is to try and get into the park as an employee even if it is just as a ride operator that's your first step is to kind of see how the parks work and understand how the park works and understand everything that goes into getting the park open every day and making sure that the guests are safe that's really the first step to understanding how to get into the field
1: exactly you always got to make sure that your priority is the guest safety correct um now recently, sticking on this topic with weather recently, I believe it was last Saturday, the park announced that we were going to close Dorney Park and Wildwater Kingdom at uh ten p m This particular Saturday, we were scheduled to be open till twelve
0: right and and th- this isn't an, this isn't uncommon to see that happen when you have weather related. Things Like I said a little earlier, the one day we were scheduled to close at 10, we closed at 6 because of the weather and there was very low attendance. A lot of the rides couldn't even be operating because of how heavy the rain was. There's not a lot of people buying food or spending money on the games. So, you know, it doesn't really... The park loses money. Uh, that's one of the few days during the season that the park actually loses money by paying the employees to be there. So they'll sacrifice a few hours of having the park open for their guests in order to close the the park early. And it doesn't happen often. It very, very rarely happens. Maybe a couple times a season, if that. But it does happen from time to time.
1: Right, and it's not something that we go back on once. The general manager says that the park's going to close. And that's something not many people know, is that most of these decisions aren't made by the operations staff. It's made by the park's general manager.
0: Yeah, these are the kind of decisions that you leave to the head honcho all the way at the very top. That's who makes these kinds of decisions, Not, not us in the red shirts strapping you in to the coaster seat and checking your harness. We're not the ones who make any decisions remotely as important as that.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, getting back to this past Saturday, uh, the announcement was made that the park was going to close at 10 p.m. Okay. okay. Normally, the park is closing at 12 on Saturdays because, you know, more people at the park. It's a busy day, so people want to stay later. Which, okay, I fine. I right. understand that. You're paying me for two extra hours of work. Whatever. I don't care. Yep. That's the way I see it. I get a little bit more money. Yeah,
0: sure.
1: Um, the storm came in mm, just before 7 o'clock, and I believe the Ferris wheel went down at 6.50-ish. And the storm stuck around, and Eric, um, who's our operations uh, secretary, I guess you can call him, he's Ops 3, we'll say, Yeah. Uh, came right, up right. to me and said... That the rides, uh, that the park's gonna close at 10. Now, when he told me this, there was still some lightning, still some rain around the park. So, okay, you know, I start telling the guests, okay, Dorney Park's gonna close at 10 because of the weather. The issue with this is that the storm has completely cleared up and passed on five, maybe 10 minutes after I say this, and 10 p.m. is an hour away. So they have an extra hour in the park. And the storm's now long gone. It's, you know, it, it's been gone for a couple hours now. Or it's been gone for a while now. At least 10, 15 minutes. The Ferris wheel reopens at 9.50 that day because we had to clean the gondolas out of all the water and everything like that. Right, Right. And so the Ferris wheel opens. We go to take the sign down. Well, I went down to take the sign down. And I come to a bunch of guests... Not very happy that the park is closing at 10 when it's not raining uh, because they have guests from California and people who drove four hours here and they want refunds and stuff. Let's go on the record here and say that Dorney Park and Wildwater Kingdom does not issue rain checks. Does not issue snow checks often. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, and that's that's not exclusive to Dorney Park either I mean that's exclusive to
1: pretty much any, any theme park any, or any any major
0: theme park I know there there are a few parks throughout the country that do offer rain checks or refunds I know I believe Dollywood is one of them if I'm not mistaken I knew i I almost I'm almost positive that they do issue rain checks. I don't, they don't do refunds, I don't believe. I don't believe there's any park that does refunds, but I do believe there are a few that do uh, rain checks. I I know Dollywood is one of them, but again, Dollywood's a a separate, that's an individual park for the most part. Your Cedar Fair parks, your Six Flags parks, uh, you know, Hershey Park, um, uh, most of your big corporate parks do not offer rain checks or refunds because... That's just something that, if they did, it would be so much of a hassle to deal with so many guests who want rain checks and refunds. And that's really not something that that creates too much trouble for what it's worth. it's It's much easier to just have a black and white rule that says we don't do rain checks or refunds. you know, check the weather the day before you come to the park if you think it's gonna storm and nothing's gonna be, you know open come on a different day where the weather is going to be nicer. Otherwise, we reserve the right, the right to close the park early if we feel that it's necessary for the safety of our guests and and employees and whatnot, and there's not going to be any argument about it. That's Unfortunately, that's just the way it really has to be with your more popular parks that see so many people coming to the park.
1: Exactly, and it is somewhat unfortunate for the people that come in, but remember, okay, the Saturday we were open until 12 that day. The park closed at 10. Any other day you come to Dorney Park, be it regular season, is going to have the park closing at 10 p.m. anyway. You really, yes, rides closed because of the weather, but really you still got done everything you wanted to do because the rides didn't start closing till about 7 o'clock, because of the storm coming, you know, a little bit before 7. Dorney is not the park that you can't get, especially on a Saturday with lane, that you can't get everything done. The water park, right. that's not a huge thing. It's probably the best water park in the area, yes. But it doesn't take six hours just to do the water park and then another six hours to do the Dorney park.
0: No, and and even without fast lane, that's that's it's entirely realistic that you can get on every good ride in the park, even on a crowded day. I mean, you and I have talked that if you don't, if you come in the middle of the week on maybe a Tuesday or Wednesday, it's realistic that you could get on every single ride at Dorney Park without much of an issue, and probably re ride most of the rides that you want to ride again and if you said that the, if there were guests from california if you're going to dorney park from california odds are that you were at the gates at opening at 9 30 10 o'clock in the morning so you probably had a good 10 12 hours in the park already it i don't know that to, and that's kind of the viewpoint of management when they make that kind of decisions when the park has been open for 12 hours, is closing two hours early really going to make that much of a difference to most of the guests?
1: No, I don't think it will.
0: Right. So the, 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 you got to kind of understand that from a management standpoint rather than a guest standpoint when you're when you're talking about those kinds of decisions.
1: Exactly. And like we said, these calls don't get reversed because once these calls are made, team leaders and supervisors in general – Drop their staffing to the absolute bare minimum that they can have.
0: Right, and when you have rides going to rides dropping to minimum, like th- like that one day that we that I talked about earlier, where we were scheduled to open be open till ten and we closed at six, uh, there were people who were supposed to go home at eleven o'clock after closing who came in at three thirty, and when the park closed at six, you know. They're not getting their breaks for their shift because they're only going to be working for three or four hours, so you can't say at six o'clock, "Oh, we're going to stay open now till ten o'clock because then that creates a staffing issue where now you have to give those people breaks, and you don't and if you're at minimum staffing, you don't have the manpower, and nobody does because everybody's at minimum staffing you don't have the personnel to cover people, to send people on breaks, and then you get into a bunch of other issues with that. So that once those calls are made, that's that's like a snow day at school. You don't get called off a school when you're in middle school or high school. You don't see your school district name pop up on the TV screen saying you're closed, and then an hour later, it's like, oh, wait, we're going to have a two-hour delay instead. Now you have to come in. Right. It's... It's the same. It's the same idea. It's
1: generally the other way around. You're going to have a two-hour delay um, at first, and then you're going to be off, you know, an hour later because it's still snowing at the time, you know.
0: Right. It doesn't go the other way around. Now we might say, oh, we're going to close at eight, and then if the storm really gets bad and people leave the park, we can say, oh, now we're going to close at six because, you know, nobody's in the park. That's something that could possibly happen, but you're not going to see, hey, we're closing at 6. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Now we're going to close at 10. You can stay in the
1: park. Exactly. That that That's never going to happen because, one, it's logistically unfair to the employees who have come in and then dropped their staffing. Two... Correct. Like you just said, you don't have the manpower to perform that if those people need breaks. Three, you know, you have other issues that go along with that, the people that left because you said you were going to close well they're mad because you decided to reopen it's just this whole can of worms that you really don't need to get into
0: right And, and it's something that maybe the park could deal with but again it's just too much trouble for the park to deal with and it's really worth especially if you're only talking about closing an hour or two
1: already exactly Um, I don't, well, that's, that's pretty much the issue with weather, you know, we, we do it for guest safety and whatnot.
0: Right. And it all, it all goes back to guest safety and hopefully by talking about this a little bit, you guys kind of get a a better understanding from an employee's point of view as, as to weather rules and whatnot and guest safety goes rather than from a guest standpoint.
1: Alright, we are going to go ahead and um give you a heads up on what's happening with the twenty twelve Coaster Crazy Coaster Draft. Yeah, yeah, we
0: talked about this a little bit last week, but uh since then it's come along we've gotten a few extra rounds. I finally got my second pick in. I actually got my third pick in just the other night too. Uh, right now I am uh sitting pretty With, uh, obviously, we talked last week, I took Sky Rush in the first Mm -hmm. round. I had the first overall pick. Uh, I got my Wooden Coaster. I knew I needed to pretty pretty much take a Wooden Coaster in the second round. Those are flying off the board like crazy. Um, So I took Prowler at Worlds of Fun. And then I took Volcano, the Blast Coaster, as we talked about a little earlier. Still a great ride. That's running great. One of my favorite rides.
1: Right. And I'm sitting pretty good as well, if you think about it, with Phoenix at Knoebels, one of the highest-rated roller coasters in the world. Oh, yeah. Talon, an underrated B&M Invert, which we discussed last week. Mm-hmm. And the Sleeper Hit of the Year, I think, Verbolten at Busch Gardens Williamsburg
0: yeah and um depending on how my sister's softball team does tomorrow and possibly Wednesday, I could possibly be at Bush Gardens as early as Wednesday. and now there is a very slight chance that I may not get there at all, but likely Wednesday or Thursday, I'm hoping to be at Bush Gardens and finally get on for Bolton so and uh, based on what you've told me and what I've heard from other people. Uh, that could be one of the sleeper hits of the year. I mean, everyone's talking about Skyrush and Leviathan and the wing riders, but Verbolten may end up being one of the better of this bunch of coasters we've seen open this year. Uh,
1: I know. I wasn't expecting too much from it, um, considering it was built by Zaire. We don't really consider them with these big roller coaster manufacturers. Uh, these big names, It's you know, one of the smaller name companies.
0: Right. Uh, the, really up until this point, their biggest ride, um, that they're really known for, uh, you know, they have their kitty rides and then, uh, Wicked out in, uh, Utah in Farmington, Utah at Lagoon is a launch coaster that's almost looks like a Eurofighter, but it's like a launched Eurofighter. Mm-hmm. That's kind that's kind of what it reminds me of. That's really their best known ride here here in the states until yeah, now not a lot of pe- <laughs> not a lot of people know about that Verbolton is really that's this really could be zyre jumping in on uh jumping in on the uh not the, not the coaster wars but yeah this really could be them jumping into the states here and they're doing it with a bang
1: yeah uh verbolten definitely if you ask me it's once I get on Skyrush, I'll have a better answer for you. But I believe that Verbolton's going to be the sleeper hit of the year.
0: I, I, w- I would agree. Now, um, y- y- you were down there. You were also at that park for Virginia's, for Coaster Lovers, correct? Yes,
1: that would be correct.
0: Now, now, did you get all three of the different scenes while you were inside the building? Or how many times did you get to ride
1: it? Uh, I must have got on it about 12 or 13 times. And yes, I did get all three scenes
0: now, um now I heard that originally it was just random, but I've heard that now they are synced up to go in a pattern, like they go one, two, three, and then it repeats rather than being random now. so if you watch the if you watch the ride long enough, you can kind of plan which one you get to. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but I'm hoping that I can try and get on all three. Um, I know it's a little tricky because they'll they'll usually run four trains or five, so that obviously doesn't match up with the three different uh, scenes that you'll run into, but I think the big question, and I'll ask you this question... Do you think this ride is a fitting replacement for the Big Bad Wolf, and is it better than the Big Bad Wolf?
1: I never got the chance to ride the Big Bad Wolf, so I can't say it's better and I can't say it's worse. Is it a fitting replacement? Absolutely. you know it, it's a family roller coaster through and through. Uh, it's got that thrill element it's got it follows a good portion of the path that the Big Bad Wolf did follow, especially on the return. Right. So, it's definitely a ride that the kids are going to like. They're going to be a little scared, but it's not going to be too crazy to be, you know, their first big coaster, uh, if right. you will, outside of the Grover coaster in uh, Sesame Place. So, right. I think this Verbolton is definitely a very good replacement for the Big Bad Wolf, it may be better, but I won't be able to say because I never got the chance to ride the Big Bad Wolf.
0: Okay, because I I know I've heard of different people who have who have been on the both uh, on both of them, and I know one person original that I know originally said that they liked the Big Bad Wolf better, but having gone back recently, they've changed their mind and has said that they've said that they think that Verbolten is absolutely the better ride. So I I was able. Uh, I've been on The Big Bad Wolf uh, twice, both on the same day, and it was just a little over a week before it closed. I made a special trip down there a few years ago just to get on it before it closed. So I'm I'm interested to get on uh, Verbolten and really uh, compare the two. So th- that, that should be interesting, and uh, should that happen, that'll definitely be something that We'll talk about uh, next week.
1: Now you said you were wondering if the scenes were played in order. Uh, the first scene I got on my first ride was the um, the uh, the spirit of the dark forest or the black forest or whatever it is.
0: Right. Okay.
1: So after that, um, we went again and we got the 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 wolf scene.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really like that, and I'm interested in seeing that, just because, you know, a nice little tribute to uh, its predecessor.
1: Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. After we got the wolf scene, I had to get off and walk around because they only let us ride twice if nobody was in our row. No big mm-hmm. deal, right? So right. Yeah. we went around, and I got on the next train, and I got the thunderstorm scene. Mm-hmm. Road yeah. again, got the... got the um. Spirit of the Black Forest. rode again. Got the... The, um... The wolves. Got the thunderstorm again. So, I thought it was a pattern that I was just randomly getting lucky and getting these three scenes over and over again. Then it started to randomize because for four or five rides, I would just get the wolves. Which, okay, cool. (laughs) My favorite scene out of the three. Yes, I love the wolves because you know you got the thing to the big bad wolf and i can even tell when you're going to drop that's how many times i got to ride it that night like <laughs> i'm not going to tell you but you know you'll you'll know and then you'll be oh, able yeah. to count a certain number of seconds i think it's 3 or 4 and then the thing goes down
0: yeah see i have purposely i i've watched the pov videos from various events but whenever it gets once it once it gets into the building I fast forward until I see daylight again because I personally do not want to be the guy who watches the video and knows everything that's coming. Uh, th- this is one of those rides where, when I see it, I want to see it in person for the first time. So this is that's one of the reasons that I'm really excited about that
1: ride. Right, and Verbolten just you know one of those crazy rides out there. Um, yeah, I will say though after it drops you. If you're not in the front, as you go down the little drop out of the event building and into that second launch, if you're not in the front, you know, two or three rows, you're going to hit that launch and the train's going to speed up and it's going to pull the rest of the train down. Now, that's not a huge bad thing because if you're in the back, you get a little pop of airtime. But if you're not not ready for it, you're going to bang your head into the back of the seat when you come down that small hill there.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I have heard that there is a little bit of pop of air there in the back seat off that second launch. I have heard that.
1: So I mean, it's a little annoying to like slam your head into it, even if you're prepared. Like I knew it was coming at times, and I tried to brace for it so I wouldn't bang my head on the on the seat back, but I couldn't really do much about it. So that that's the real only complaint I have about the ride. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, other than that. Fantastically smooth. Uh, all the effects. Obviously, it's a brand new ride. All the effects still work. The right. queue line and the station are themed wonderfully. You know, probably one of the best rides at Busch Gardens.
0: Well, if if the only complaint about that ride is going to be if you're not ready for it in the back seat, you might bang your head a little bit off the second launch. I I, th- I think uh, just about any park would take that.
1: Absolutely. You know, my favorite ride. At Busch Gardens, it's easily in the top five. Now, I've never been to Busch Gardens outside of this. Um, my favorite ride's Dark Castle. Loved Dark Castle.
0: Yeah.
1: Um it's a good ride. Oh, absolutely. You know, I heard a lot of people saying that Dark Castle was going to be fantastic. And, you know, the closest thing to Spider-Man at Islands of Adventure. So, of course, I'm going to ride pretty it. Mu- yep. Yep, pretty much. Just a wonderful ride. Um... Now, if you listen to In the Loop, uh, not too long ago, they had their uh, mega show. Now, you can't get it anymore because I think the iTunes feed took it down. So I'll have to find the show. Yeah. But their mega show was hilarious because in it there was something about Bush Gardens and Europe in the Air. I went on Europe in the okay. Air because they said something about you being able to see the boom of the camera in the rear view mirror of the car. In front of you when you're doing a low-level flyover through France. Really? The only reason I went on Europe in the air was so I could see that and laugh. I cannot understand, and I did catch it. It is in France. You will see it if you are closer to the doors when you first get into the aircraft um, to see the uh, the movie. If you look in the car in front of you, you will see the boom camera. I cannot, for the life of me, understand how a park like Busch Gardens Williamsburg, who does top-notch theming, didn't notice that before putting it into their final ride film, and has since not removed that scene from the film. Yeah,
0: that's uh, that's interesting. I uh, might might have to uh, might have to take a look at that.
1: I, I honestly cannot understand how they let that slip. Or why they would let that slip, because that's just, to me, that's extremely, extremely sloppy, and it ruins the entire illusion.
0: Yeah, it kind of does. That's that's unfortunate. I'll have, to, I'll have to take a look at that.
1: But yeah, it's the low level fly- flyover of France, um, so you'll you'll notice it when you see it.
0: All right. Yeah, I'll definitely. Take a look at that. So, so yeah. Uh, hopef- hopefully, Bush Gardens uh, again. Prob- maybe as early as Wednesday. Uh, maybe Thursday as well. Ho- hopefully, it does happen. Uh, Schedule still up in the air, depending on what happens tomorrow. But um, ho- hopefully, hopefully uh, that'll happen. Um, Getting get ready to uh, wrap up here. Um, I, I know we had a suggestion um in the forums earlier that uh s- someone wanted to hear us talk real briefly about a uh, rattler at Six Flags Fiesta Texas which is closing very soon is i believe it's uh this coming this coming week here the first week in August it's closing for um what is hasn't been confirmed what is believed to be the uh Texas Giant treatment uh, the only real news with that is that there is new wood at the top of the cliff there where that long, boring, you know, bumpy helix is there, Mm -hmm. so, um, and we did hear that once the ride closes that that part of the ride would be completely redone, so not a complete shock to see that up there.
1: Exactly, you know, uh, the rumor states that it's going to be another, it's going to be another Rocky Mountain um, production, you know, we'll see what happens there.
0: Right, and if they if they do as good a job on the Rattler that they did with uh Texas Giant, uh we we could see another incredible steel coaster. Exactly.
1: Especially
0: ex, especially if they bring back that drop down to the water. Exactly. Um and uh you know, speaking of uh Rocky Mountain coasters, uh how about that <laughs> How about that new wooden coaster they're putting in at Silver Dollar City? Well,
1: we'll find out what it is in 9 days, 10 hours, 39 minutes, and 12 seconds from this point in the recording. That's what the timer says.
0: Yeah, and the interesting thing is everyone's talking about this little, uh, everyone's talking about this uh, possible inversion that is going on here but the other interesting thing that i read today is that there are silver dollar city fans who are saying that there is a spot shortly after that element or before depending on where in the track it is but apparently there is another element back in the woods a little bit more that you can't see from inside the park or on the train that they're saying it might have a like a full-out barrel roll or a full-out 0G roll that isn't just like an extreme overbank like what we see right now. Apparently, there might be multiple inversions on this thing. Now, this is just rumor at this point. There's no pictures or anything, but like you said, we're going to find this out very soon.
1: Yeah, in just over a week or so. Um, let me see what Roller Coaster Database has on it.
0: Now, I, I do believe that the name for this is uh, we're, Outlaw is what the name is supposedly going to be. That's what people are saying. I don't know how, uh, I believe, uh, is it Adventureland Adventure in Iowa has a coaster named Outlaw? But um, other than that, um, I don't know if they have a trademark on that name or not. I don't believe they do. So... Outlaw, I think, is the name that everyone's shooting for for this one right now.
1: Right. Silver. So it would be page three here. There it is, Silver Dollar City. Wait, there's two Silver Dollar Cities? Did you know there were two In- Silver Dollar Cities? I did not know that till just now.
0: Where's the other one? Pigeon Forge. Oh, you know what? I I, I do think I've actually seen that on roller rollercoaster database before. I thought it was an error, but I do think I've seen that before. Hmm. Is that that still open?
1: Uh, Let's go back to the thing. And they do have unknown. It says wood sitting down under construction, but they have no pictures. Um, They
0: have no pictures yet. Yeah, see, if you go to Screamscape, and uh, Screamscape will link you to... I believe there's actually a Silver Dollar City fan site which is where most of this speculation is going on where there're a ton of pictures I believe there's even some videos too.
1: Right. And the other Silver Dollar City is no longer Silver Dollar City, it's now Dollywood.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I I I I, I was going to say I didn't want to I didn't want to say it in case I was wrong, but I did think I I was going to say isn't that uh, I wasn't sure if it was like owned by Dollywood or if it was Dollywood or if it used to be owned by the same company, but um, I-, I thought it was a mistake at first. The first time I saw that.
1: Right now, let's just see if anything else is coming into any North American parks. We have a wooden coaster going in the Happy Valley, one of the Happy Valleys. Yeah. Uh, there's another Happy Valley. The same park is getting two coasters in 2013. Neither of them named yet. And Scotia's getting two roller, three roller coasters at their Adventureland theme park. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's it, it. There's there's a lot to watch for 2013, and like you said, these announcements. You know, Silver Dollar City seems like they're really going to be the first ones up, and you know, just over a week, we're going to see what Six Flags has to say at the at the end of August, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't heard anything from Cedar Fair yet, but we, we know we have a big announcement coming for at least one or two of those parks. So yes. we expect Cedar Point to have the announcement, and uh, we expect. Great America to have one. Um, Aside from that, we're not really sure what to expect, but um, 2013 could be another year, like 2012, where we see a bunch of your big parks, parks putting in some good signature rides.
1: Right, now I'm just trying to see if I can see anything, and it doesn't have anything on Cedar Point's website Hmm. about anything, but that's not confusing because... There is no um, construction going on. If we go over to uh, to uh, California's Great America, we might find something here. Going on their website, though, um, something that I think is another thing that we need to work on as a company, uh, as an industry, I should say, parks really do need to update their information because I'm on Cedar Point's website. And how long ago did the Disaster Transport close? Uh,
0: disaster Transport ended up closing last night at the end of last night. It's actually, just twenty-four hours ago now.
1: Okay, so then we can let it slide. But I just went on the website, yeah, that's and probably, it's, that may not be updated right, yet. Right, that's still a, okay. So we can let that slide. I thought this was a couple, uh, a couple hours ago or uh, a couple days ago, I should say. So, okay, that can slide, but that'll probably be gone. Yeah, we'll let that go. That'll be gone soon. Let's see if I can find uh, anything on California's Great America.
0: Yeah, California's Great America, I really haven't seen anything from their website or anything yet. I haven't even seen them tease anything
1: yet. That's interesting considering what's going on within that park and... Yeah. I mean you can already tell that they're doing something. There's
0: And even when I went back there in, in late May you could tell they were doing something there. And you would think a park like that that really hasn't had anything new recently, you think that they might be uh
1: interested. They
0: might be Yeah, they they might be interested in marketing that and getting some hype and some build up for that to try and get people to come check it out.
1: But apparently not. Um that's very interesting, to say the least. They don't even have webcams up of what's going on. Maybe they want to try and hide what they can.
0: Maybe. Who? Who knows? Um, you know, like we said, we're going to see some announcements coming here soon, and uh, you know, Cedar Fair hasn't really said when they're going to announce stuff yet. But uh, hopefully, it's sooner rather than later.
1: Right now, one last story before we close, uh, Cedar Point. Uh, let's see, Kalahari, ooh, the Kalahari is eyeing a Poconos site. Let's look at that. That would be very close to us.
0: Yes, that would. The Poconos is just about an hour or so north of us, so that would be very close And to us.
1: here's breaking news out of Dorney Park. Uh, Monday, Stinger Train has valleyed for the first time between the Loop and the second lift hill.
0: The uh, boy, oh man, I can't believe it took that long
1: actually. Um, no reports as to whether guests were on it when it happened. At this picture it looks to be early in the day because it's cloudy. But then again, yeah. you never know. That, so That's
0: in, that's interesting because I remember the one day I was working, they didn't open Stinger for a while for fear that it might valley because I don't know if it was because of the extreme heat. That was one of the hottest days that we were there. So um, th- that's interesting that uh, Stinger has finally had an issue with uh, valleying.
1: Right. I wonder how they fix that now. I know they have the man lift underneath the second lift hill if they could just connect something to that and get it on that second hill and then reverse it down but that's interesting that would
0: probably be that would probably be easier to do rather than taking the whole train apart I would imagine
1: and then putting it all back together again and it would probably be right. a lot faster too
0: yeah for sure so interesting
1: very interesting but that is breaking news i guess we could call yeah. it and uh let's see kalahari Uh, The Poconos would eventually be expanded to become the biggest indoor water park in the country. The last Kalahari project stalled out and is dead now. They were going to do it in Fredericksburg. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So let's see about this local news because this is interesting. If this does happen, we'll be looking at a pretty big deal here in the Poconos for sure. Uh, I mean the Poconos already has a um what what is it? A Great Wolf Lodge right off of uh Interstate yeah, 80. They do have a great,
0: yeah, they have a Great Wolf Lodge right off of
1: I80 there. But uh Kalahari officials I'm trying to figure out where they want to put it. Uh Pocono Manor duh, 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 duh. Up that way. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if they have an exact address for it. Scott Run, Split Rock is another one called H2O. Okay, that's kind of a corny name. Um, I don't know where it's being planned for, it doesn't say. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Well, that's something we'll have to keep an eye on as well.
1: Yeah, and that's something that you or I uh, sometime soon could consider getting out there. That's not too far out of the way. Like we said, it's only down I-80 if I open up Google Earth now. um, This is just coming out as of yesterday, or now two days ago, um, because it's officially the 31st. There we go. Let's see. But, yeah, that's that's pretty cool that we're going to have a Kalahari in Pennsylvania. I mean, that's not something you normally think about and associate with Pennsylvania.
0: Not at all, no.
1: So, definitely a neat little thing there. That's Wind Gap, Tannersville. Where's Scott Run at? Okay, I'm looking on Google Earth now. Trying to find a landmark. There we go. So yeah, it's just just out just north of Tannersville is where the Great Wolf Lodge is. And I know yeah, yeah. So I know that area pretty well because my aunt had a house uh, not too far from there. She
0: yeah, my grandparents used to live up in Stroudsburg there, so I uh, know that know that area fairly well. I've been to the Great Wolf Lodge up there once, so that, that, that'll be good for the area. That'll be another great tourist attraction up there, and that'll be something that uh, maybe even uh, Dorney might even uh, get a deal going with them so we can get in there.
1: Yeah, and you can actually see uh, my aunt's old house from the air here, the air here right on uh, Strickland Road, which no longer exists. <laughs> so, yeah, she the house was built in the 1700s, but that's not a real big deal for us coaster nerds. But still, oh, pretty yeah. pretty cool. Um, to know that there's going to be a new indoor water park in Pennsylvania. I wish they'd do one in the Lehigh Valley, so we'd have something to do during this off season.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I mean that's that's not too terribly far away. So that's something that'll be uh. It'll be good for the area, so uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that works out, and we'll uh, we'll see that uh, before too long. Hopefully.
1: Now the only issue I have with this is, what do we plan on seeing with this Kalahari? Are people only going to be able to use the water park if they're staying at the Kalahari, or can people pay a little bit to get into the um, the water park without having to stay? Yeah, I've never
0: yeah i I don't, I don't i don't i don't know i'm not a like i like we said uh, last week i'm not a huge water park guy so I'm not really sure how that would end up working but um you know ho- hopefully there's there's something that they could work out for some non hotel user uh fee perhaps that could be worked out there
1: exactly now I'm refreshing news plus notes okay Let's see if there's any new information that has come up. Nope, just updates from Fun Spot America and nothing really to talk about right now.
0: Alright, well, uh, again, uh, you know, not, not this show not quite as long as last week. Uh, last week was really a long show because of the Dorney history, but we wanted to get through all that in one show and we talked about a lot tonight. We talked about a lot tonight, but um, you know, some of the stories a little shorter, and then we we, we kind of gave you an inside look as to how some of these uh, parks really work when it comes to weather and park safety. So uh, that, that's something that we are allowed to talk about without getting in trouble. So just to give you guys kind of an inside peek at uh, how these parks go about making decisions like that. So, um, you know, uh, for the future reference of you guys listening here, we record on Monday nights and um, depending on how much editing has to be done and how long the show is to, you know, go through and listen and make sure that there's no issues. We're shooting for usually a Wednesday or Thursday release that might vary a little bit depending on, you know, unforeseen issues. But generally, we're going to record on Monday nights and hopefully get the show out by Wednesday or Thursday. Right.
1: Now, two weeks from today or two weeks from yesterday, um, we will not have a show. That'll be August 13th. Um, I don't know about you, uh, but I will be at Hershey Park attending the Coaster okay. Cruise Rush to the Sky or whatever they're calling it event. So okay. I won't be here. Um, I don't know what your plans are. You might even be attending that. Are you?
0: Um, no, I, I I don't think I'm going to be attending that. So, um, you know, maybe uh, if uh, people want me to, I could even do like maybe a shorter, like 15, 20-minute show on my own and just talk about... You know, a, f- a few updated news stories. If people, if people want a, a quick show, that's something that we could look into. Now that we got two hosts here, right. that's that's something we have the flexibility to do. Um, if one of us can't do it, we could do some shorter shows. So um, we'll we'll do, we'll open up uh, the forum topics for discussion for that and um you know we'll have a good show for you guys next week too
1: exactly and then looking into the future um you know is is it just me or has coaster crazy crazy kind of stalled out a little bit if you will Uh,
0: a little bit a little bit and it pains me to say that but i but i think it has a little bit there is uh just not quite as many people out there anymore
1: yeah so maybe it's time for a new site to develop to uh test the waters but we'll see if that ever happens because uh these are not cheap to run and neither of us has the money to do it
0: no we'll we'll see how that goes so um it was a- another great show we uh put together here for you guys tonight we're gonna have another one next week and then um by then we'll know what's going on with uh silver dollar city and uh you know, if, uh, you know, if Tetsu can't do a show, then maybe I'll have to come on for a few minutes just to talk about that and give my thoughts on that just to kind uh, of hold everyone over until we uh, get a two-man show
1: back. There you go. And I think our next week main discussion topic is going to be Cars Land at DCA. Now, yes, it's been open for a while, but that'll give us time to uh, figure out if this was a good idea for... Uh, Disney's California Adventure, to uh, introduce a land based on two movies, well one movie really if you think about it, Um, so we'll see what happens there.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh we'll we'll definitely get into that uh next week and we'll have some uh good discussions of that and uh everyone feel free to uh weigh in on the forums as well with what they think about uh Carsland and uh you know if you weigh in on the forums we'll uh, we'll read some of them here on the show and uh what you guys have to say. to stay.
1: You know what? That could be another way that we have interaction with the uh listeners just uh sign up on the forums or go to the blog which is g hyphen force radio at blogspot.com. Um, and you can comment on the show. Each show will have its own blog post with the link to the show in it. Once we get the RSS feed figured out, we'll try to figure something out for iTunes and, uh, yeah. So we'll be good to go then.
0: Yeah. So, um, we'll, we'll get all that going and, uh, you know, we look forward to you guys, uh, Getting in touch with us and uh, interacting with us.
1: All right, well, it's been another great show, and we'll see y'all next week.
0: All right, see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to GeForce Radio. Until next time everybody, sit up right, hold on tight, and ride on.